This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hello and welcome to MS Momentum, the radio show for people with MS, their family, whānau and support teams. This week's very special radio star is Kimberly from DIA, also known as the Department of Internal Affairs. Hi Kimberly and welcome and thanks for coming today. Hello, thanks for having me. No worries, it's because Anna said you had to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to. Yep. Now you're a community advisor for the Department of Internal Affairs. Can you tell, that was said very quickly, can you tell how many community advisors, how many community advisors there are and where you all work across Otago? Sure, yeah. So there's, based in the Dunedin office, there's Mm. three of us Mm -hmm. um, and we work across South Otago, Central Otago, Otago and North Otago. So we're based in the office here in Dunedin, um, but most of our time spent out and about with community groups and organisations, which is the way we like it. Yep. Yep. Excellent. So DIA work with a range of community and charitable organisations, along with not-for-profit groups, of which MS Otago is one. Mm So can you expand on this a wee bit more? What is an example of a group you could work with? Mm. And that's a really good question, because the groups that we work with are quite diverse. Mm. Um, We'll work with some organisations like MS Otago that are quite well established and have been around for quite a while. Um, There may be others that we work with that are actually just only at that at kind of establishment phase and they're okay. exploring do we want to formalise, what might that look like um, so we kind of go right through to the extreme and so with some of those groups that are just at their outset mm. we work alongside to look at what is the best option in terms of um, the structure who can we connect with connect them with to get advice around that oh, okay. um, and, and kind of support them through that process and then there's others um as you know, that are a little bit more established and it's kind of just supporting them with what comes up along the way. So are they mostly charitable organisations or...? Yeah, um, definitely not-for-profit organisations so okay. that they have to be not-for-profit in nature. Yeah. Um, don't necessarily have to be a registered charity, okay. um, but it's all about kind of community good and that community benefit. So that's what we're looking for in terms of who we work with. Okay, so that, that takes us on to the, the your work it seem, mm. does seem very diverse and I was interested in hearing how you work with community lead development mm. because that partly because of COVID but was taking off before COVID anyway and there's quite a lot of community lead development stuff going on in Dunedin. So and across the region. Mm. So can you talk a wee bit about what that means? Mm, sure, absolutely. So we, I guess there's kind of two parts to it in terms of um, the advisory work that we do. So we do, the department has a formalised community-led development programme. Okay. um, And there are, oh, I think there's about 19 communities that are partnered with the department currently. Yep. Um, So that's our kind of formalised programme. There's two communities across Otago that are part of that partnership. It's a Mm five-year programme. So that's Central Otago Community Cromwell and Otamatata through in North Otago. So those communities are both partnering with the department through that formalised, we call it CLD program. Yeah, community um, lead development. Community yep. lead development program. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that's that's quite formal in its nature. But then the community lead development work that we do, um, kind of on a day to day basis, mm-hmm. is more about supporting community aspirations and goals. So our kind of way of working is that we work 
by invitation. So yeah. community groups or oh, okay. individuals invite us into their communities. And mm. then our role is often um, can be just a brainstorming companion, a sounding board, looking to connect um, individuals who have a particular idea or passion yeah. with like-minded individuals. Oh, okay. So that might be within their community. It might be with someone who's delivered a similar project in another community that we're aware of. So it's a lot of kind of connecting the dots. There's a lot, a lot of networking with yes. it, because you need to know what is out there in order to be able to pull it in that's and then right. share it again. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so that's that's quite... It's fun. <laughs> it's, it's fun. <laughs> and the co- the real, like, the, the at the heart of it for us yeah. is that it's about supporting communities to, to use their assets and their strengths yeah. to achieve their own goals. So it's not about us coming in and saying, this is what we think we should do. Right, mm-hmm. But it's about um, we've been invited to kind of work alongside communities and, and how can we support in the best way for that community. So okay, it takes so lots of different shapes and forms. So that oh that's great mm. because it's like it sounds like you would um, you guys come with a lot of knowledge and a lot of information already and sharing that out within the community groups and yeah. and using that community led development which is which I think is incredibly important because mm. that's how you make the networks yeah. for the people that you work with I mean that's definitely how I work mm. um, the more information you have the more information you can use isn't it that's right yeah absolutely oh so. You can listen to this on other podcasts on oar.org.nz. Now we're already up to Camille's musical interlude, which is Don't Forget Your Roots by 660. So why did you choose mm. this song, Camille? I chose this song because um, I went to the 660 concert at the stadium. I'm pretty sure I was thinking as I was walking here, was that last year or was it 2019? <laughs> it's all a blur. Right. Mm, um, no. But it was relatively recently and it was just such an awesome performance and they had, um, they did the Te Reo version as well. Oh, nice. And they brought out this amazing Kapahaka group who did a performance and oh, it was cool. just really, really um, incredible. And so that's, song has really stuck with me as one of my favourites since that performance. Oh, nice. It's my mm. son's particular favourite is 660. Mm. They opened for Ed Sheeran, I think, and yeah, he, re- he liked them more than he liked Ed Sheeran. Yeah, I would agree with that, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
Kimberly's choice of Don't Forget Your Roots by 660. Sorry, we got a wee bit sidetracked by Coronation Street there. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kimberly, I also know that you work along with COGS, the Community Organisation Grants, and the end April is a busy time for you with applications coming in. Can you tell us a little bit about who can apply for COGS mm. and about the whole process of that? Yeah, sure thing. Um, it is a busy time for us, but it's a it's a fun time too yeah. because we get to connect with lots of groups and with our decision-making committee. Mm-hmm. So COGS itself is stands for Community Organisation Grant Scheme. It is a, a grassroots funder by which we mean that it's a relatively small fund yeah. that's available to both informal and formalised um, community groups and organisations. What's the difference? What does that mean? Sure. Yeah. So informal groups, we mean groups that might not have a legal entity status. Okay. So they might not be uh, an incorporated society or a registered trust but they may, they will have um, some sort of committee or leadership group, right. um, a bank account, and they're doing community good. Okay. Yeah. So those groups can certainly apply. There is a limit on the amount that they can apply for, and that's less than ten thousand dollars. So it's still a decent sum of money. Yeah, it's still a yeah. few work if you're if you're setting up a, um, I suppose. I mean. All organisations need money to set up. To That's right. Hire yep. rooms, do all those yep. sorts of things that absolutely continue on. So those, so those groups. So we've got um, yeah, so a wide range of groups that can apply to Cogs. The key thing is that it's for community benefit and community purpose. Yep. Um, 
We have a local distribution committee. So that means we've got a committee of um, local volunteers, actually, who okay. make the decisions around the funding. Yep. Um, so those people come from, so the committee's made up of representatives from North Otago, South Otago and Dunedin. Okay. Um, and their job is to review the requests when they come in yep. and to look at how the requests line up against the committee's priorities. So the committee's priorities um, have been set through community hui, community okay, meetings yep. across March, and you can see those on our website, which I can share later on. Um, and those commit those priorities are specific to our Coastal Otago Waitaki Committee. Cool. Um, okay. And then Central Otago will have their own yep, priorities central, as well. So is that Central Lakes Trust? No. no so Central different. Otago. So with Cogs, they have um, a committee, Coastal Otago. Um, Coast Otago Waitaki Committee mm. and then the Central Otago Committee. So okay. we've got two COGS committees within the Otago region. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So if, if because my client base is across yes. the region. That's right. So if they're down in Clotha or Omaru, it would be the Coastal Otago Coastal Waitaki. Otago, and yep. then the other, everywhere else, sort of Central Otago. Central Otago. Yep. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so that that's quite um, busy. It is busy. <laughs> it is busy, and it's um, it's. I think for us as the as the mm. advisors, um, it's less busy than what it is for our committee members who are right. all volunteers. Yeah, um, and they're amazing, and so their role really is to to look through the requests once they come in. As I said before, to look at how they measure up against the priorities, mm-hmm. and then make really tough decisions about how to allocate the funding that they do have. So, is there for the decision making process? Is there a set requirement for the volunteers who come on board on that committee? Mm. Because I'd have to have a reasonable understanding of yeah financial yep. matters and and implications for communities mm-hmm. and things like that. So those people must have pretty cool backgrounds. Yeah, they do. It's a, it's a really interesting process. So with the with the committee, the committee members are actually mm. nominated. So every okay. three years we have um, elections. Yeah, they're nominated by community. Okay, and then um, recipients of Cogs funding in the in the two years prior to the election okay. then get to vote on oh, who cool. they want. Right. The oh, so that's an ongoing. Yeah, ongoing community networking. That's right. Yep, absolutely. And you're involved with it. That's pretty cool, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is cool. It is cool. And it just means that our committee members understand the local community. Yeah. Um, so they're nice and connected to what they're seeing come through. We've got a really, with that in mind, I think it may be interesting for listeners to know as well, as well that we do have a really robust um, conflict of interest process around that. Yeah. Because our one, committee you? members, yeah, yeah. you know, are connected to community. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Something similar, I think, with a thank you charitable trust as well. Yes. Having been on a scout committee and we got funding and then we're asked to do, to come along to fund, yeah. to help decide who the next yeah, people should be. Yeah, that's a great process. Yeah, Very it cool. was really good because mm-hmm. it was like you getting connections within your own community yeah. and that was cool. Okay, so we you talked before about um, registered charities. Mm-hmm. So, do, does the DIA also work with non-legally recognised groups? We do, yes. Okay, yep. so, so we 
what form will they take? Yeah, so often often a number of groups that we work with, they may be relatively small in the mm. sense that their kind of the annual turnover, the amount of money that they have coming in and out is pretty limited. Yeah. And there's not really a need for them to be a, a legal entity. Okay. So those groups we would usually they're usually kind of unincorporated groups is, okay. is what the term that we would use. Right. Um but for a group to be able to receive funding, they do need to have, um, through DIA, they do need to have a bank account in the name of the group and a, a leadership group. So whether that's okay. a little committee of some sort that can make sure they're overseeing the actions right. of the group. So you yeah. can't just come along and say, I'm a, I'm a wee charity all by myself because you have to be on the registered charities boards anyway? Or Well, you don't have to be a registered charity, um, but you do have to have some sort of group structure. So it can't just be one or two. Some sort of formalised group structure. That's right, yeah. Cool. As now, we're coming along to the lotteries funding mm. because I have mm. um, many clients who have applied for and received and not received mm. vehicle purchasing money from the lotteries funding yeah. commission. So can you advise us on the best way to apply for this funding? Sure, and yeah. How and yeah, I'll let you answer that one first. Yes, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> so there, um, so I think so. One of the things just to mention because there's quite a range of lottery funding. Oh, okay. Um, so lottery individuals with disabilities yes, will the be the fund. I think yeah, took that. Yeah, the one. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and that interestingly is one of our only funds that individuals can apply for. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Uh, I will just say at the outset, because I I know you mentioned some that have had success and others that haven't, and that's a really important point because it is a really oversubscribed fund, which means, unfortunately, we get a lot more applications than funding that is available. As I described that to, I was talking to someone yesterday about that, Mm. and I said, you will get the funding, people will get the funding if the people that apply at the same time have a lesser need. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about it's about when you apply and who else is also applying. That's right. And I think and I think that's important for people mm. just to keep in mind so that yeah. if they are unsuccessful they're not too disheartened by that. It's not yeah. necessarily a, refle- a reflection of them or anything to do with the application. It's just that there is limited funding available. But in terms of the fund itself, yeah. um, it is a fund that's administered by our Wellington based advisors. Mm-hmm. So what I would recommend to to any of your um, membership based that are looking to apply is just to connect in with um, with us, yep. with the local advisory team, and we can connect you with an advisor to support you with the application oh, great. process. Because yeah. normally they just get me. <laughs> well, there you go. We can <laughs> help you. <laughs> and as someone did mention, someone in Wellington actually, that was really helpful. Gosh. And I know um, I've had people apply, but it'll be for, like, if they've got a car already, yes. lotteries are not going to provide them with another car. It's yep. more about... Um, accessible vehicles so yeah. that if you can't get into a car, yeah. a, a normal car, then you can have a ramp put in and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And it's really also like the key thing is about um, trying to increase individuals' yeah. ability to participate in community yes, and connect. Exactly. Yeah. So even if it's not a vehicle, but if it's some an, another tool or technology that your membership base thinks would really be useful for them to be able to to build their connections within community, um, then then those sorts of activities can be an option as well. So I'm trying to think of an example. Um, I know we've had some members of the um, 
uh, hearing impaired community mm-hmm. that will be looking for um, devices that can help them better communicate. Oh, okay. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a vehicle, but it's about how can you better participate, connect um, and communicate with community. Oh, could it be a hand cycle for mountain biking? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. But that could certainly be something we ask one of the Wellington advisors. I'm rubbing my hands together with glee about thought that. Um, <laughs> they're very cool. Just getting people out there and engaging mm. and doing that. Mm. Really want one. It sounds, not for it sounds me, exciting, yeah. But um, <laughs> I'm not that fit and energetic. <laughs> but so the, yeah, and it, it is, so it's the Wellington advisors mm. and it's also about your need versus somebody else's that's need. Right. And that's that's a call that people have to make based on a, a multitude of things. That's right. And yep. I've had, like, it has, the, the lottery's funding has made a huge difference to many people. Oh, that's great. That's um, really great. Like a really positive, mm. let's get out there and do things, and people are, you know, it, and across the disability sector, then that's um, that's awesome. a bonus for, for everybody, really. Awesome. Okay. For the funding committee for the lotteries, how often does that committee meet to, de- mm. to decide on the funding rounds? So that fund, and I just wanted to make that clear because there are lots of different lottery funds. Um, right. So I don't want people to apply to the wrong committee per se. No. So that committee meets six times a year. Okay. The fund's actually open for requests all year round. And then it just depends on the timing of your request as yeah. to which meeting it will go to. Yeah. Okay, so just depends. So six times a year, so that's every couple of months. That's right, every couple of months. The next the next meeting will actually be in August. Okay, because yeah. I did have um, a client who was turned down, and then they came back and said, actually, we've ended up with more funding oh. money. Yep. Would you like to buy your vehicle? Oh, Which great. is a, a happy, a happy yeah, thing to happen. That is. It's um, accessing vehicles, however, is quite tricky when you're tall. Yes. So the individualised lotteries, individualised disability form, it is six times a year they meet, mm-hmm. and it depends on who else is applying at the same time. Because I've got people that have applied year in year out, and they don't get. Mm. And that's you know when it's across the country because that's what that's for. It's not just regionally, is it? It's across the country. No, that's right. It's a national fund. Yes. So you you don't know who else, what other somebody else's story is, and that's. Yeah. That's the thing, and that that is the thing that you can't predict, and mm. um, and I think that's why it's really worth as well connecting with the advisors and and making sure that you've got a really good understanding of the of the application process, yeah, um, and putting your best foot forward, but not being disheartened if unfortunately it's not successful. Okay, because I do write support letters, but I suspect they could be a lot better written <laughs> to be more supportive. I'm sure you do a fabulous job. I do. <laughs> You all know I do out there in Radio World, don't you? Yes, you do. Nodding <laughs> your heads away, laughing at me. <laughs> so, <laughs> this has been MS Momentum with Valerie and special radio guest Kimberly from the Department of Internal Affairs. So many thanks for coming in today, Kimberly, and sharing your knowledge with us. Now, would you like to tell people how they can get hold of you if they need to talk to you about community groups? Sure or, thing. Yeah. Or, Yep, thank yep. you so much for having me. Um, probably the best way to get a hold of me at the moment is by email, if that's mm-hmm. okay. So yep. it's kimberly.sweeney at dia.govt.nz. And it's K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. That's right. That's how you spell Kimberly in yes. this instance. Thank you. And were you struggling with the last name because you've recently married? I have, yes. <laughs> it's still taking me a wee while to get used to it. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mrs. Sweeney. Thanks for having me. (laughs) No worries. (laughs) 
Otago Multiple Sclerosis Society aims to empower people with multiple sclerosis and their families by providing them with information and skills to participate actively in the community in ways that are meaningful to them. MSOtago.org.nz or give us a call toll free on on 0508 MS Otago. That's 0508 6768 246. Otago Multiple Sclerosis Society working for the people of Otago. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.